still my soul. Hey everybody, this is Phil. Welcome to our Bible study podcast. At the end of this study, please take the time to subscribe to the Glen Springs Church YouTube channel and check out our website. Also, if you live in the Gainesville, Florida area, we would love to have you visit us in person. For now, let's open up the Heavenly Library and may the words of the Holy Spirit sink deep into our hearts. Thanks for joining us. In every about the course of this world and death and destruction, it's finally time to talk about the good stuff. Are you ready to talk about the good stuff and probably the best part of this whole letter? There's some awfully good stuff we're going to talk about today. Welcome back to our study in the book of Ephesians. I'm Phil Robertson, joined by Mark Lloyd Sr. And if you were with us uh, for our last study, we were in Ephesians chapter 2, and we were looking at those first three verses and... You know, I was actually doing a little just study on that, Mark. Uh, the word dead there actually just suggests a corpse. And it's not just uh, something that you would talk about literally. You also see in here figuratively, but by just definition, that's us without Christ, a corpse. Uh, you think of the Valley of Dry Bones from Ezekiel, just no life in them. And that's where we all were before Jesus. And so that brings us to verse 4. So you want me to read this and then we'll just get into it? All right. Ephesians 2, and I'll begin reading in verse 4 with two of the greatest words in all of Scripture. But God. You know, we could stop right there and do a little sermon, couldn't we? Uh, and, And we may hear in just a moment. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A lot of doctrine in these passages, a lot of misunderstood doctrine to some extent, but if we just take it, for what is being said here, it's just, it's marvelous. But God being rich in mercy, I mean, just unmerited favor of what he's done for us. And you look at other passages, it tells us it took time to work this out. But now these Ephesians are the first fruit of people who are experiencing what God intended for, for people to have. And that was salvation. And the church. And, and the, the church, church working together. And, as the, word, and the church the working together. The unification between Jew and Gentile. The, the saved, the saved and the church. The, those two terms go hand in hand because that's what we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're the saved on earth. Uh, the church. Uh, that's what he says in Acts 2. Uh, he's adding 
those people who are being saved to the church. And so the church is the manifold wisdom uh, of God's salvation uh, and the ultimate of what's happening uh, to the saved on earth. And all of these things that he's showing us is to the church, is to his saved, and it's through Christ. And it's been merciful. God didn't have to do this. But he, in the Old Testament, we see he was with man, walking in the garden, and man sinned. Just think about that. Every day you're walking in the garden with God, and you still sin. So it's not difficult to sin. If, if you can sin in front of God... <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, we all sit in front of God. Well, all the time, yeah, we? But, but, but I'm but, saying, when you're walking with Him in the garden, you just had breakfast. And yeah, then and, and then and then you you do that, and it didn't take man very long to show his colors. And in ten generations, he decides, I just can't take this anymore, yeah. and he destroys the world. And then he still is establishing that program, that plan that he's going to have. And he starts it up again yeah. uh, through Noah. And then we see it then in, uh, ultimately culminating in Christ. Uh, and now these people are the first to feel it, to have it. And, and Paul is saying to them, what wonderful mercy God has shown to you. I couldn't help but think, Mark, and you're, you're kind of stealing the thunder of my thoughts this phrase, but God, in this salvation story that we read here, is the Bible story. Yes. And you look back in the Old Testament, Adam and Eve sinned. They did exactly what God told them not to do. But then you get to Genesis 3.15, but God yes. has a plan. You get to Noah. The wickedness of man has consumed the earth, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God, uh, Genesis 2.6. And then you get to the story of the children of Israel in, in captivity as those who are living as slaves, but God comes to them with Moses. You go to the time of the judges, the wickedness of man, but God sends a deliverer. You can look at the story of Mephibosheth yes. in the life of yes. David, living in Lodabar, lame, broken, abandoned, without home, but but mercy is shown through the hands of God. The story of Hosea, you know, and his wife goes off and leaves him and leaves her kids, but God comes and, and he buys back Ezekiel, the valley of dry bones. It's just all through scripture. Yes. But God, even when you look at the story of Lazarus, dead, but God. This is the Bible story. And I, I just think, when I look at this, I need to be reminded that but God applies to me. You know, you, you probably have talked to people many times that, well, if you know what I've done, well, if you know where I've been, well, well absolutely. I probably know what you've done. Maybe I've done it myself or I know the guilt. Or but God. He's ready to save you. Yeah. And he's been... He did it in different ways in the Old Testament, but in New Testament times, he's established a pattern now. He has, he has given us Christ. And what a merciful, wonderful act of giving us his son. And 
But he did that because he loves mankind. He's rich in mercy, which actually takes us back to God's definition of himself yes. when he spoke to Moses in Exodus uh, 34. And, and not just merciful, rich in mercy. Rich in uh, mercy. And you'll see those riches shown again, riches of his grace a little later uh, in the text. Great love. Uh, just Not just any love, but great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead. Uh, that kind of reminds me of Romans 5 a little bit there, uh, verse 8. Yes. While we were still sinners, uh, Christ died for the ungodly. And if you think of salvation, salvation is going from being dead to alive. And so we have this beautiful, powerful, figurative, as well as literal language in many ways of dead, but made alive in Christ. You know, I was uh, I did a little research on this, looking at the word raised. Uh, Paul uses it a lot. Uh, he, he uses the word raised a lot, especially through Romans. Numerous times, raised in Jesus, were raised uh, through the waters of baptism, were raised through Jesus, us in Christ. And then it shouldn't surprise us, we see it here by Paul in Ephesians. Uh, to me, the raising there, and correct me if my theology is off a little bit here, it's not just the symbolism that comes from being made alive together in Christ. That raised terminology also references a grave and the idea of being resurrected. And we see that really throughout Scripture in the New Testament with respect to baptism. That dead man has been buried, as Paul says in Romans 6, and has been raised to walk a new life. To me, that's when you see the term raised us up, I mean, Romans 6 is going to be your commentary mm-hmm. on on that passage because that's exactly what he's done. You have you died to sin, you've been buried to sin, and you've been raised up to walk in a newness of life. Uh, and it's with Christ. It's through Christ's resurrection that all of these things are happening. Christ went into the grave. The key is the power of God was able to raise him up. And that's the whole thing. It's this raising up of Christ from the dead that makes all of this workable Mm -hmm. as far as God is concerned. Uh, His power, and he raised him up, the, the greatest of sacrifices, raised him up. And now, what do we do today? He wants us to be raised up with Christ. The language uh, in Colossians, uh, I believe we've mentioned this before, that Colossians is a, it's a sister, sister, it's a sort sister, of a sister epistle. You'll find many of the same lessons yeah. being shared to the church in Colossae, which actually wasn't far, no. uh, that too terribly far from uh, Ephesus. But in Colossians 2.12, you, you find Paul using this language, buried and raised, and here's the way he says it here. Um, having put off the body of flesh by the circumcision with Christ and having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is the same power that raises us from our own grave in baptism in which the working power of God is revealed and that we are cleansed and given new life. That, that is so powerful. I mean, we don't see or feel necessarily 
the power being raised up in, in that watery baptism. Uh, I know myself, if I think about how I felt <laughs> that time coming up from that water, and as you see expressed by people over and over again, it's an overwhelming feeling. There's yeah. no doubt about like a that load a, just came a load yeah. if you believe in what God has said in Scripture. That's a powerful moment. But the critical thing there, the real power is what God has done for you. He's created a new creature. Right. He's created a potential new being. He is saying to you, you have now the opportunity to be a new person, a different person. You are now in a relationship with me. And that should be a very powerful thought in our minds. We are now a child of God. And if we allow him to continue have that priority in our yeah. lives, in that dominion of our lives, he's going to create in us this dead corpse, almost like he does in the story of the Valley of Dry Bones. Yeah. Uh, these bones that are dead in Ezekiel 37, they have no life. The skin's put back on them, but then God breathes into those bones and they have new life again. That's what happens to us. Yes. If we allow God to work in us and he'll create in us something that can be used in his service. And that's where Paul's really leading. And if in our minds we understand uh, that we can be that new person, mm -hmm. that we are, in his mind, a new person, what are we going to do with that person? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do with that person? Uh, we have to understand that we are very much involved in this new creature uh, in, in the sense that we have we have choices to make. Right. And we need to continue to make the right choice. Now we go over to First First John and say, <laughs> you need to continue to be making the right, right choices. Right. But when you're raised from that uh, watery grave and made into this new person, what a merciful act that has been. And now we become that new person. And what has he done with us? He seated us, seated us in the yeah. heavenly places. It, it wasn't with just Christ. raising from the no. dead. You, you go on up to be with yeah, Christ. You and, and I, far from the scripture standpoint, on earth, mm -hmm. uh, we are part of that heavenly place in the church, but it's so much more than that. Right. We, ha we are now in that spiritual association with God in Christ in the heavenly places. And you've got war going on in there by Christ and the angels against uh, these powers of evil. We are in a wonderful place as far as God is concerned. Now, I, I find it interesting, but yet I think I understand where he's headed. He puts a lot of emphasis here on grace. You're saved by grace. Boy, that's so true. You can't separate mercy and grace. No. You can't separate those right. two terms. That's exactly what they are. His mercy is, is God's grace to us. Uh, Noah. Uh, someone could try to make the argument, well, you know, Noah did build that ark for 100 years. Uh, in the text, over and over again, in the story of Noah, says he did everything that God told him to do. He yes. followed the will of the Lord, exactly like God said. But would Noah get off the ark and go... I did a good job of that ark. Or would you go back to where the story began, but Noah found grace in the eyes of God? Yes. I think Noah, when he got off the ark, went, thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. The same way the children of Israel, they had to walk 
through the Red Sea, but they know it was God that saved them. Make sense, you know? Uh, and so even in our salvation story, although we believe the Lord, we're going to repent and turn back to Him as the Lord has commanded us to do, and we're going to follow His willful uh, command, or His command willfully to obediently follow Him uh, with baptism. I'm still saved by grace. It is. We are saved by grace. God did not have to do this. Right. But He did. I want mankind to be part of me. That's always been his wish. That's always been his wish. But he set a plan up. And that plan was for us to get back into a covenant relationship with him. But man has things to do to put himself into that position. And just like Noah had to build the ark, just like the children of Israel had to walk through those walls of water mm -hmm. uh, on each side. And he says over in 1 Corinthians 10, by the way, that's really an act of baptism on their part. Right. They, that is another, yeah, that, that's another salvation example mm -hmm. uh, salvation. They walked through the water. Mm -hmm. And so water, in a sense, saved uh, the Israelites. And so all he's saying here is, he set this in order for us, and we need to be part of that, but it's still a graceful act. Do all the right stuff you can, but it's still God's grace that saves you. It's, and so he's going to go on to talk about that. Uh, and when we start talking about works, it's none of our works in that sense. Right. And he's basically referring to Old Testament law works here. Right. Uh, and so those works are not going to save you. It's by grace, God setting up this program, you have become involved in this. And it's such a merciful act uh, that God even has decided to save mankind. Because at one time, I'm going to destroy mankind. They, 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 this is bad. <laughs> so verse 8, if you were to take the salvation story and just, even make it even a smaller nutshell. To me, 4 through 10 is the salvation yeah. story. But verse 8 is it. God's grace through our faith. Yes. Not that we've earned it. Not that we deserve it. But it's the gift of God that God gave us, not just His grace, but gave us the opportunity to have faith and to show us what faith is in the first place. And faith is in Jesus. He was the plan. He is the grace. He is the epitome of that mercy and that love of the Lord. He's what makes us alive. And if so, if somebody asks me, does faith save you? Were you saved by your faith? And I say, yes. <laughs> Try to That's what yes. the passage says. Does grace I, save you? I have, grace saves me. Yeah. Grace saves me. My faith saves me. Every one of those things are correct Statements, we have been saved by grace through our faith. Man's part in this is us believing in something. And the Lord established that. If you're going to be part of me, you need to have faith in me. You need to believe that I exist. You need to believe that my son came to this earth and he died for you and was raised from the dead. You need to believe those things. And I wholeheartedly and 
heartfully believe those things. And I have to do that to be saved. I have to do those things to be saved. I am never going to argue that. I am saved by my faith. Well, what we're actually kind of leading into is what we're going to talk about next week. There's some differing views on this passage from what maybe you've heard us present today, and we'll talk about that next week. So we hope that you'll uh, be a part of that study, and and we're going to share with you in a very objective way uh, how some look at it as grace only or faith only, uh, and, and that's it. But before we do that, let's conclude today with this thought or my closing thoughts, and I'd love to hear yours, Mark. There are times in our life where we feel overlooked. We feel like things didn't go our way. Or we feel like maybe we didn't get the best possible outcome in whatever it is. I would encourage you to read this passage again. Notice how often the emphasis is on us, those who are in the church, that God being rich in His mercy in the way that He loved us. Verse 6, He's raised us. He has then seated us in the heavenly places. He has saved us. It, it doesn't get any better than that. No. What, what more could you possibly want in life? And it all begins not because we're great. Boy, we're dead. Dead. But God. But God who is rich in mercy. Your thoughts? Closing it, it is that. And God being this being off somewhere he needs to show us himself and what does he do he comes to the earth yeah in christ in christ see and so he shows us himself through his son so you see the love you see the mercy you you see see the the action of that and so our belief then just is overwhelmingly in the fact that his son came to this earth and died for us and and then where do we go from there we had to see God. We have now seen Him. That's His plan. You want to know who I am? Here's my son. And the son says, if you want to know God, look at me because I'm showing you my father. <laughs> we have a goal to keep within 20 minutes. I knew it wasn't going to happen today. Well, how far are we well, going? Well, we're two or three. Oh, we're yeah, we're good. I'm sorry. It's good stuff, though. But thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as always, let us know if you got any comments or questions Uh, about the text, but uh, I would encourage you, if if Paul's imploring with us in this letter uh, that he wants us to know the the width, the length, the height, and the depth of the love of Christ, begin right here with this passage. Yes. This is where you begin, and that is our blessing and our desire for all of you who are joining us, that you may be filled with all the goodness of God and understand this is a salvation story, and it doesn't get better than this. God bless you. Good night, brother. The Lord is in his holy temple. Again, thanks for listening. If you live in North Central Florida or you're just passing through, we would love to have you visit us at the Glen Springs Road Church of Christ. Also, check out our website, glenspringschurch.com. You can learn more about our church family and how to contact us. Until next time, God bless. Keep silence before Him.